1: afr.net is our website afr.net is our website you can always go there listen to the show also listen to American Family Radio live they're on our website afr.net another great way to keep up with uh, American Family Radio is our app just go to your app store type in afr download the app for free get the, get every you can get everything that's on the website on the app so all the shows are on the app so just go to your app store download the afr American Family Radio app. It's free. We have uh, tens of thousands of people who listen to the app and listen to the podcast each week. So a lot of great ways to keep up with American Family Radio. Uh, The name of the show, once again, is Exposing Washington, and I'm your host, Walker Wildman. We're going to focus on uh, uh, some news going on in Washington, D.C., where uh, most of this revolves around the coronavirus because that's pretty much dominating the, the headlines there's not really much else going on um, outside of that there's things that relate to that but uh, this uh, this virus has pretty much consumed the news cycle but I want to talk about China in depth today I've spoken about China um, in in brief segments throughout the past few weeks but I haven't really harped on it much but the Chinese government, uh, they've been up to something very nefarious, very shady, very intentional, and very evil, in my opinion. When it comes to this, uh, to this coronavirus, and just to give you a background, the, cor- the coronavirus is not a new virus. It's been around for a long time. This, this particular strain of the virus, what they're calling COVID-19, is new. So coronavirus is not a new thing. Uh, coronavirus has been around for a long time. It's this strain. It's a new strain called COVID-19. And that's, uh, that's what's causing the concern around the world is because you have this new strain. It's, uh, from what we know, it's pretty aggressive, spreads easily. And when it's when it's hitting these patients, it's hitting them very hard. What do I mean by that? What I mean is you're having people who have no underlying health conditions, who are relatively healthy, 30, 40-year-olds, you're having them get this virus and then they're in the hospital uh, and they're needing oxygen, which is unheard of uh, for other other viruses like the flu. How often do you hear of a 30-year-old getting the flu and needing to be on a ventilator? I mean, it's, it's, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's, it's almost unheard of. So that's kind of, kind of where we're at. That's the difference here. You know, there's a, there's been people, and even I was one of them early on, but there's people trying to, trying to compare this to the flu and you just can't do that. There's no, there's no data that shows that this, that the symptoms are just like the flu. That's, that's, that's not true. Um, now, do we have a lot of flu illnesses and a flu, a lot of flu deaths in, in America each year? Yeah, we do. We have a lot. We have uh, hundreds of thousands, or I'm, I'm sorry, we have millions of, of illnesses from the flu in America each year. We have um, somewhere between uh, 15 and 60, depending on how bad the year is, 15 and 60,000 flu deaths uh, throughout the entire flu season. But the issue we're facing here is America is really about three weeks into this, and we've already got 6,000 deaths. Upwards of uh, five, a little over 5,000, between five and 6,000 deaths just in three weeks um, from this coronavirus. So, um, this is uh, more aggressive than the flu, and we're, there's not really any treatments. Uh, well, there are some uh, treatments. We talked about them last week hydrochloroquine. And then there's another one that starts with an A that I can't pronounce, but basically, uh, uh, there's an anti-malaria drug, and one other drug that they're using that is actually showing some some hope. So it's not true to say that there's no treatment. There actually is some, uh, but there's no uh, there's no when we when this whole situation began, there wasn't widespread treatment like with the flu. You have Tamiflu. You can take Dayquil, Nyquil, take some ibuprofen, things like that. But with this virus. Uh we it kinda caught us by surprise not knowing what to take. But back to China back to China. Look, China knew about this um China knew about this back in December. I think they knew about it like early to mid December, but the news the news reports say that they at least knew about it by the end of December. And I wrote a a op-ed in my local newspaper, the Daily Journal in Tupelo, Mississippi. I'm gonna post this on, our, on my podcast page, but I wrote this, I'm gonna basically go through my op-ed, uh, my column that I wrote this weekend about China and their cover up here. But China knew about this in, uh, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. They knew about this uh, in late December. Remember, we're in April here now. They knew about this in late December they waited, the Chinese government waited a month before notifying the World Health Organization. And then the World Health Organization, and by the way, China went from a couple hundred cases in early January to 80,000 cases by the end of February. So that's a two month that's a 60 day period folks. China went from a few hundred cases to 80,000 cases at the end of February. But back to my point, the World Health Organization didn't really find out about this that we know of until until uh, mid January. And, and listen listen to what the World Health Organization said in response to the reports out of China. And this is why the WHO is under fire. They should be. They should be disbanded because of their lack of credibility here. But the World Health Organization put out a tweet back on January 14th, and they said that there is no evidence showing that the coronavirus spreads from human to human. That was like two and a half months ago. Three months ago, the World Health Organization, they're supposed to be on top of all this, they put out a statement saying that there is no evidence that this virus spreads human to human. I would argue that the World Health Organization knew better. They actually, I believe they knew the opposite. I believe that they knew that it spread, spread by human to human contact. But the Chinese government went on for weeks and covered up the extent of this virus in Wuhan They're still lying about their numbers. I've said, I've been saying for weeks they're lying about their numbers. And the U.S. intelligence community in a White House report confirmed my suspicions this week. Listen to this headline. The U.S. intelligence community has reportedly concluded that China intentionally misrepresented its coronavirus numbers. And to the U.S. intelligence community, I say welcome to the game because uh, myself and others have been talking about for weeks how they're lying about their numbers. It, took, it takes a layman like me, this is, this is simple math. China went from, from one case to 80,000 in 60 days and they're still at 80,000 and we're in April. So you want me to think that China has been at 80,000 cases for a month and a half? Some people might be naive, but we are not that naive. So China is lying about their numbers. And you say, well, what does it matter that they're lying about their numbers? They're communists. What do you expect? Well, the issue here is if they would not have lied about their numbers and if they would have notified the U.S. and the CDC of this virus when they first knew about it in late December, and if they would have let our scientists into China, then this whole thing could have been stopped. Would there have still been an outbreak? Yeah, probably so, but it would have been half as bad as this. The U.S. would have been able to put up protective measures to prevent uh, the carnage that we're seeing now should China had notified us of this months ago. The conclusion to my uh, column is that our country absolutely has to get out of China, when I talk about get out, I'm talking about our manufacturing. This whole this whole fact that we that eighty percent of our active ingredients and in our all of our pharmaceutical drugs, they come from China. Ninety listen to this, ninety six percent of our antibiotics come from China. This reliance on China is toxic, it's dangerous, it's deadly, and we're seeing the effects of that now. Why? Because Many people aren't reporting it, but there have been some reports that China is actually blocking some drug exports to the U.S. They're also blocking exports of personal protective equipment. And so for decades, our country and its leaders have been involved in a dangerous affair with China, and this coronavirus pandemic has brought our unhealthy reliance on China to light. Because of China, thousands of Americans are going to die and millions will become unemployed. We're seeing that this week. But the American people should now be fully aware of this dangerous relationship with China. And lastly, I would argue that any elected official that wants to continue our stupid affair with China after this crisis should be considered an enemy of the state. And that's not being too strong, in my opinion. Shifting gears to a couple other headlines, uh, I want to play. I want to play a clip. This really actually ties in well with what I just wrapped up on. Uh, I want to play a clip of Newt Gingrich. This is Newt Gingrich on Tucker Carlson's show, talking about the Chinese government and their continuous lies. Clip one. Let's listen.
0: I thought it was very very significant this week uh, that Dr. Burks said uh, <clears> at <throat> the White House two days ago that if the Chinese had told us the truth. Uh, we would have had an extra six weeks to get prepared. And in fact, they, they so lied about it that people thought it was a relatively small outbreak like SARS had been, and nobody thought it was a pandemic uh, until we'd lost about six weeks of getting ready. And they're still not honest. But I, I wrote a book a while back called Trump versus China, and the whole point of the book was to say, look, this is a dictatorship that is totally dishonest. I mean, I don't think there's anything the Chinese say that you should take uh, for, for you know at, at face
1: value. Well, there you have it. That's Newt Gingrich saying exactly what I just said about China's lying about this. They've been lying about it. They've been covering it up, and that put the rest of the world about six weeks behind in preparedness. You had Italy, and this this is on their leaders, in large part. You had Italy. Still taking flights from Wuhan and other parts of China just a couple weeks ago. And d- just to see how fast this thing is evolving, three to four weeks ago, Italy was, was not a hot spot. Now, there're well over 13 or 14,000 deaths, and that's continuing to rise just in uh, a country of 60 million, Italy but their officials, number one, China didn't notify the rest of the world. Number two, Italy's officials did not take the threat seriously until it was too late. Now Italy is playing from behind, trying to minimize the damage and the lives lost in Italy. Another clip I wanna play, and this really really ties in to uh, the effect on our military, really the effect on all of our critical infrastructure in our country. I wanna play clip two. This is the acting Secretary of the Navy talking about the USS Theodore Roosevelt and how they have over 100 crew members infected with the virus, clip two.
2: My concern is you know, that this ship can defend the country. Uh, that's what it's there for. That's what the crew signed up to do. Um, they can't do that unless they're healthy. So of course, that's always our paramount concern that they're healthy. So we're taking every appropriate action. But let me say, I think you said the number was like over 100. I think we're like at 114 positive right now. None of this, none of these okay. sailors, none of these sailors have had to have been hospitalized. Um, most of them are exhibiting mild to moderate symptoms, and some of them are exhibiting no symptoms at all. Um, so you know, we generally have a very healthy population on these ships. Uh, the virus, uh, from what we're seeing from all the epidemiological studies, is that it runs a different course with different types of demographics. Our demographic seems to be one that uh, does better than others, so that's what we hope for. It's not what we're planning for. Obviously mm-hmm. we want we want to make we're planning for a worst case scenario. Um, but I think uh, actually, in talking to the CEO yesterday, he feels pretty comfortable that that they're on a good path, and that the ship if the ship is needed to go into into action uh, for whatever reason, they could get it going. and that's just the process as I mentioned. You have to have a certain number of people on the ship. They can get the plants going. they can get the, the ship underway, yeah. and so we're making sure all those people are ready uh, first, yeah. and then going through the rest.
1: So they you hear the you hear the acting secretary of the navy. They're talking about um, USS Theodore Roosevelt. This is a nuclear powered warship, and this really gets into the effects that this is having on our on our country and really our military because you know you've got these. You got these aircraft carriers, you got the submarines, you got the airplanes, etc., and many of these military members serve in very close quarters. They share a lot of the same spaces, and this is setting this ship behind. And I, I don't, I'm not trying to be a alarmist here, but I mean, this is this the coronavirus that's broken out on the USS Theodore Roosevelt has is is causing them to have to change strategy, change plans offload crew members. This is a disruption to our military operations and our, and our readiness. Now, is it detrimental? I don't think we're there yet, but it's still nonetheless a disruption in normal operating procedures, which any kind of disruption in operating procedures puts the military behind. So this, this is another challenge that our country is facing is protecting our service members protecting our military so that they can still defend the homeland should they need to And so we'll keep an eye on that and uh, and see what the latest is on on the USS Theodore Roosevelt shifting gears just a little bit to another clip I want to play um, this is this will this will wrap up the show here this topic. I want to play clip three listen to this is a Fox report a Fox News report on various companies in the US, specifically 3M, and how they are actually exporting, this is, this is this is horrendous. These companies are actually exporting critical medical supplies to foreign governments. Clip three, let's listen.
0: White House trade advisor Peter Navarro just announced an order the president will sign tomorrow that will crack down and show no mercy to these so-called shady brokers that are bidding up and shipping out much needed medical equipment to other countries. And the new order will be enforced by Customs and Border Patrol.
1: The brokers come in, they're bidding and bidding on all this different PPE. It's driving the price up. And guess what? You know where it's going? The domestic sources here are being exported. When President president Trump heard about that, he said, that's not going to happen anymore under my watch.
0: But some states struggling with a supply shortage still, while supplies are still being shipped out of the country by the boatload. Reports of supplies going to Germany, Belgium, and Japan. But here in the US, the shortage is serious. One VA hospital in Miami told their workers to reuse the same face mask for a week. But we've learned that a US agency for international development had a warehouse of masks sitting dormant in Miami until the masks were emptied and then exported.
1: Well, there you have it. That's a Fox report. And in the middle of that clip, who you heard was uh, the White House trade advisor, Peter Navarro. This is the most, one of the most, not the most, it's one of the most shameful, disgusting, and what I would say traitorous moves by any American company to date. What you have here is American companies like 3M and others. Yes, they're they're international in the extent that they have production and manufacturing and warehouses all across the world. But I'm talking about these are core American companies that are prioritizing the sale of personal protective equipment to foreign countries when our own country, America, desperately needs this equipment. You ask, why are they doing this? Here's one of the reasons, this is even giving them the benefit of the doubt, but these people are sick. One of the reasons is that these foreign governments are flying over here with cash, and offering to buy up the equipment because they're so desperate. And 3M and their distributors have given into this, taken the cash, sold the equipment to foreign countries, foreign governments. And so President Trump had to invoke the Defense Production Act on 3M this week And he also had to invoke the Defense Production Act on GM, General Motors, a few weeks ago because GM said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll make ventilators. And then they said, well, uh, we're not going to make any ventilators. And so this, this whole situation is bringing to light which companies in America that have benefited off the American economy American exceptionalism. Which companies have benefited off of America are actually loyal to America? And right now, I would say 3M is not one of them. These countries, these companies, there have been companies all across the country who have stepped up to the plate they're making masks. They're making gowns. They're making hand sanitizer. They're doing everything. They're retrofitting these these manufacturing facilities to make proper equipment, making ventilators. So we've had various companies step up to the plate voluntarily and start making necessary equipment for the homeland. But 3M and a few others they have not been uh, compliant at all when it comes to this so this is absolutely unacceptable and this 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 whole thing as i mentioned earlier brings to light our unhealthy reliance on china and and the, the the broken now the now broken supply chain that we so heavily relied on before this so if, these, if, our, if our government, if our elected officials and our, co- our CEOs and our companies in America don't start being uh, mindful of bringing their supply chains and their manufacturing back to America because, in light of this, then there's going to have to be some kind of repercussions. Because if this doesn't wake up our country to our sick, twisted reliance on China that President Trump's been talking about for years, then nothing else will wake our country up. And we'll look back in 10 years and we'll be just as beholden to China. And then when another virus outbreak happens, we'll be spinning our wheels, doing the same, making the same mistakes that we made this go-around. Uh, shifting gears just a little bit more, uh, I want to talk about the unemployment rate. You know, the uh, the at the beginning of March, the uh, Labor Department ran a report on the unemployment numbers, and the unemployment has jumped to 4.4%. So remember, this report was produced back in early March, so almost a month ago and And the unemployment rate jumped to four point four percent seven hundred and one thousand jobs lost in march uh oh actually before march so early march the 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 this is the unemployment rate's higher than this now because we're in April. This report was produced a month ago. We are in early April, and we all know someone who's been laid off we've had we've had at a minimum, hundreds of thousands of, of servers and waiters from restaurants laid off. I've actually spoken to some of them. So this number is going to continue to climb, and this brings me to this point. Look, I think, I think the president and all these governors are in a very tough position. Here's why: if, if the governors do if the governors just keep their states open and don't take mitigation measures that are effective, and then more people die under the leadership of that governor, that will be a huge mistake and there will be outrage amongst the citizens. Same thing with President Trump. Because I've heard various conservatives, and I'm actually of the mindset that we do need to start opening back up our economy once we get past this spike, once we get past the peak. In mid-April, I think we need to slowly start opening back up our economy. But there's been some conservatives out there that they've been saying this for a month that we don't need to shut anything down. Everything needs to stay open. We just need to wash our hands, keep our distance. But the 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 the, the issue with that position is number one, it's coming from people. It's coming from people who aren't in leadership positions. <laughs> so uh, they're they're quarterbacking from the recliner. Are from the microphone, but also the, the president, the any president can't afford to gamble with that option. For example, if President Trump had continued to ignore, continued to downplay the threat of this coronavirus, and then we turn around six months later and you've got 70, 80, 100,000 Americans dead, I'm not saying that's gonna happen, I'm just saying hypothetically, if that would have happened, and President Trump did nothing or did little, then a lot of people would be very, very upset that protective measures were not taken. So this is, as they call it, it's a catch-22. President Trump is erring on the side of caution. But I do think we need to start looking at opening back up our economy in a precise and smart manner here in May. Exposing Washington American Family Radio, AFR.net's a website. We'll talk to you next week.
0: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.